I will say that fat shaming Frank Lampard is very similar to that awesome Dallas Cowgirls cheerleading show where they were fat shaming that girl when she was so fit it was insane. <laughs> yeah, one of the most perfectly fit women you could ever see in your it's life. Like, how dare a footballer get a little older and gain one percent of body fat? I know, right? It's like you fat fuck, <laughs> get off my TV. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Football fans are brutal. Man. Totally brutal. So brutal. If they had an awesome Mexican population, they'd be as fat as us. It's true. It's true. <laughs> they stole all the food from around the world, but for some reason still have shit food. Although the food, I got to say, their food is actually really good, but it's like only a few things. <laughs> I know. I just know. like to talk. Look, I talk shit about the English all the time. Look well, through fun. look through my iTunes library. Look through my record collection, my book collection. There's so much English cultural influence yeah i just don't like can't to ever let it. them have it though. no you can't don't let, let them, them know because they're already cocky assholes i tell you what the first day i give a soccer opinion and a brit doesn't dismiss me as a yank i'll i'll start showing them respect exactly goes both ways brits so anyway Al, uh welcome to our second mini episode this is kind of an impromptu one alex and i literally had to stop ourselves from talking because we forgot we were going to record an episode yep so yep. uh Let's dive in. We were talking about uh, some Arsenal players on the books, but abroad causing trouble. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about uh, Nuno Tavares and Matteo Ganduzzi. Players that I think most Arsenal fans, especially the way this season has gone, have kind of forgotten about that they even exist. Um, Ganduzzi's kind of been out. Actually, I don't even know if Ganduzzi is technically an Arsenal player. But yeah, he just, uh, he is having disciplinary issues again, and it's not surprising if you watch him at <laughs> Arsenal at all. Yeah, as we said before, or as we said off mic, I was not surprised at all to hear that Genduzzi is is facing disciplinary action because he looked like a dickhead from the first time I ever saw him. Yeah. A talented dickhead. It's so weird because he's like a player that you know, normally managers and things, like working hard for the team and everything, like working hard, passion on the pitch, everything is like everything for them. Right. Which he has that. Yes. But he's still just such a dickhead that he can't he can't get past that, and man, he still manages to pitch off, piss off managers. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, and I don't know a whole lot about their manager at Marseille, but the fact that he's pissed at Nuno Tavares and Ganduzi is very funny to me. Yeah, it's funny. I think I'm trying to remember uh, the most recent instance of Liverpool having a problematic player that we shoved out on loan, and it's been a long time. And I think that's another side effect of a club starting to be run a little bit better. Yeah. And hopefully, this I think this is safe to say this will become a thing of the past at Arsenal too. That oh, you're, yeah. you're paying partial wages on a player you've been desperate to offload for three seasons. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. It we don't we had a ton of discipline. I mean, he was part of a crowd of disciplinary issues at Arsenal between like Ozil and Aubameyang, and um, and he was right. It makes sense because he was like I think kind of taken under his wing by those players when he mm-hmm. came on at Arsenal. Sure, which you would think is a good thing, but uh, with the way things panned out, they're like rebelling against Emery and things. It's yeah. like. Maybe uh, just a bad environment. Yeah, just a bad environment, bad influence. Um, he clearly seems to have a bit of a bad attitude off the pitch. And, yeah, I mean, who knows if he'll ever hit the heights of the, you know, we saw some clear talent from him 
um, at Arsenal and at Marseille. But we'll see if he ever actually hits the heights or if his attitude stunts his growth as a player. Yeah, I think I'm pretty confident in making the call at this point that he's stunted. Yeah. He's already stunted. Yeah, I mean, he's 23 now, so <laughs> oh, he, I, he's heading into the prime of his career. So he is younger. That's but, younger than I thought. I was thinking 26, 27, but, um, it, you know. I could see him having a decent career in France. Yeah, actually, if he's that young, he still has plenty of time to settle down mentally. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know, get some sports psychology in the mix. Yeah, i kind of you know? curious if he was still at Arsenal under the new team we have in place because we have a ton of sports psychologists. Right. And, like, the players rave all the time about the way Arsenal works individually with each player. Yeah, Liverpool um, the same. And it... it it's a big subject for me because I've very recently been through years of therapy that I'm seeing huge benefits from. Yeah. But also it's the main plot point on Ted Lasso. So I know I'm not alone in mm-hmm. this and it, people forget it's, it's kind of, there's so much mental health awareness, virtue s- signaling on the internet yeah. that you forget just how recent any of this awareness is. It's only so been a recent. couple of years since these clubs appointed psychologists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, literally, like, you could probably say the pandemic is yeah, when was a started. triggering point for that. Right. Um, players were probably suffering mentally hard. Um, and that hopefully will change the game for the better in the future. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, hopefully it can turn Ganduzzi's uh, career around. I've talked a lot of shit about him because, like I said, I thought he looked like a dickhead from day one. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of people have said that about me, too. And... Yeah, you know, you can change. Yeah, you can change. Yeah. And honestly, like, a player like him, if he was able to, like, make his... I mean, look at Granit Xhaka. Xhaka was on his way out the door, and he right. was able to turn it around. Totally. Um, not saying that's going to happen for Genduzzi. That's but, a great example, though. But, yeah, I mean, it could turn around for him. For sure. What better example could you find than Granit Xhaka there? Yeah, Xhaka literally walked off the pitch. Yeah, he had a public Throwing meltdown. the armband, mm-hmm. swearing at the fans. It looked irredeemable. Yeah, he was out the door. Mm-hmm. He was gone that summer. For sure, and Arteta and his team brought him under their wing and like convinced him of the project and convinced him that he could turn it around, and he did. And now look at him. He's like one of the Arsenal fans' favorite players. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy turnaround. But Tavares is a weird one because he, he went over there and started off really hot, but also like not in a way that uh, left back should, <laughs> scoring goals. Yeah. He scored like six or seven goals. Did he do that well right out the gate? Yeah, like really early. He was lighting up Marseille, oh. the, the French league. Oh, in Marseille. I thought yeah. you meant when no, he came to Arsenal. Arsenal. No, he was embarrassing I, I, in Arsenal. I was going to say, I feel like I remember him like missing a bunch, like just missing a bunch of screamers. Yeah. Like, almost he, looking good. He kind of, but, he's classic player where he's like super fast, all action, mm-hmm. can, has some fancy footwork here and there, but like turns into a clumsy mess yeah when it comes to the final ball right was he always a fullback i don't know his for some reason career. i thought arsenal signed him as a winger um i mean no, not we, that there's much difference between the positions anymore not anymore yeah right no we signed him as a, a left back thinking i think probably with the idea that he is skilled enough to do like the zinchenko model sure. where he can float inside and play more attacking but yeah apparently he was kicked out of training recently for lack of effort <laughs> Um, that would be me if I was a football. Just, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. I'm so tired, though. Yeah, it's <laughs> exhausting. You made a sprint over and over again. What the hell? This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, they're not just friends of the pod; they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, 
and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code SITUATIONS. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. Should we jump to the headline? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about Super Frank Lampard, or Fat Frank Lampard, depending on your disposition. how you feel about him. And his shocking return to Chelsea. Yeah, not what I expected. He was um, chased off the porch of Stamford Bridge with a broom, like not too long ago. Not long ago <laughs> Months at all. ago. Yeah, it's so such a weird choice by them. Yeah, you know, exactly. And analyzing that, I was thinking about it. Has he learned anything since then that makes him a genuine contender? He hasn't been in a job since then. No, he's just been sitting off um, the side. So... Like, what's changed? So is it strictly a public relations move? Yeah. And if it is, is that a good one? Because the fans have already seen him fail. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? the thing is the fans have already, like, I think the fans will forgive him for the first time. Well, they're not going to shit on him. But not, like, immediately. I don't think they want him back. No, they certainly don't want him like, back. Like, they respect yeah. him as a legend of their club as a player. Yeah. But they don't want him back managing. Right. And that brings me to my next point, which is the inevitable comparisons to the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer return at Manchester United. <laughs> Also, former club legend, brought in as an interim manager. He did really, really well, so well, that they wanted to put Ole at the wheel. And they did, and it went horribly wrong. It was so funny. We went to Old Trafford and won 5-0, and I loved it so much. I hope. So that brings me to my question. Do the Chelsea fans kind of want Lampard to fail so that doesn't happen? Uh, if they're smart, they do. Yeah. If they're smart, <laughs> they, they want to, cause you know, bully has already been shown that he can make decisions. He's impulsive, very impulsively. So if they surged to a champions league place, you guarantee bully. Be like, oh, this is my guy. Yeah. I yeah. think if they right now, even if they surge up to a Europa league place, maybe he could fall for it. I, I'm sure he'd have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be insane considering the candidates that we talked about in the earlier podcast. Right. Yeah, um, just yesterday it was reported that really positive talks were happening with Nagelsmann. Um, they must not have been that positive. They appointed a um, interim manager the next day. Yeah, yeah, a very public appointment too, not like a slip in. Like usually, usually like interim managers are just like you know you get somebody in who can do a job quickly. Usually it's from a backroom staff or something. Exactly. Not bringing back a legend who has already failed at the position once. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, I suppose Chelsea's standards for at least the season, I don't think their long-term goals have changed. But for this season, you know, <laughs> they were looking for a title-winning season. Now they're looking for, I don't know what, uh, um, a slightly respectable season. So maybe, you know, at this with point, these I think slightly like lowered finish. expectations, Lampard actually fits them pretty well. It would be a shock if they did really turn it around and they actually did hire him, but it would be very funny. But, yeah, you don't really see them – doing a whole lot of change in between now and the end of the season. No, no, I don't think um, Especially so. with Frank coming in. I don't see that changing much of what was going on. No, it really has the feeling of just a placeholder. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. they need somebody in charge. He obviously loves Chelsea and is willing to help them if he can. Yeah, he would come back for any situation. So I think, I think it's, yeah, I don't think, you know, as much as I'd like to joke about another Ole situation, um, <laughs> I, I think this is probably exactly what it looks like on paper. Yeah. You know, it's truly, truly just a man in charge. Hold, for holding the, the place for <laughs> yeah, a few months yep. and then, um, you know, trying to keep the fans from completely revolting. Exactly. Um yeah, so we'll see. Um, seems like a strange move, but... I think it's probably essentially just them um, wanting to look like they're doing something until the end of the season, yeah. rather than literally looking like they've just given up on the season and we'll start again. Yep, and having no yeah, no plan in You know place. what I mean? It's almost just a sort of performative appointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll see. It'll be interesting to see the results and how fans react. Apparently, Barcelona have been formally in contact with PSG about Messi going back. Really? Yeah, have you heard about that? I have not. I actually just saw, I've seen a plenty of headlines saying, like, where will Messi play next? Yeah, it looks like it's going to happen, and I hope to God it does. Yeah. PSG's a disgusting club. Did you see the fans booing Messi at the Parc de Prince last week? That's... Can you imagine having the the audacity, the arrogance to boo that man? To boo Lionel Messi, who's now a World Cup winner, but has won everything and broken, like, tons of records in the game. Far and away the greatest footballer ever to live, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) clearly, yeah, in your team who hasn't really won shit other than league uh, every year. Yeah. And you're going to boo him off? You're going to boo this man? Get that man back to Barcelona so I can start fucking burning the memory of him being at Paris at all out of my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is it's it is a sad blip on his career. Yeah, like. I just want a, a great visual spectacle of him having one more season in La Liga and then retiring and being loved, and, and I'll just erase the Paris yeah, just I can get, do that. Yeah, yeah totally. I definitely do that. Win another trophy in La Liga. Yeah. <laughs> do it up, go out with images of him celebrating in a Barca jersey and wrap it up. Yeah. Speaking of trophies in La Liga, let's pivot real quick. Did you oh, see yeah. Copa? They're not going to win the Copa del Rey this year. <laughs> yeah, they do need. Maybe they need Messi back. <laughs> yeah, Madrid went to the Camp Nou and spanked Barca. That doesn't happen too often. Does not happen often in that match. A lovely Karim Benzema hat trick. Yeah, Benzema. The guy can't stop Benzema and Vinny. Those two are unstoppable, dude. Yeah, and Benzema. Like, how is the guy? The guy just hasn't slowed down in his career at all. I know. What a consistent, underrated player. He is. Isn't it astounding how? It sounds silly to say he's not respected. Yeah. He's not respected the way he should be. No. People not talk at all. about fucking idiot Zlatan Ibrahimovic like he's some kind of god. Give yeah. me Benzema all day, every day, dude. Yeah. Benzema's an unreal player. He just produces for yeah. you. Yeah, and he produces he produces nonstop for Madrid. And I, I remember for years Arsenal were linked with him. Um, because everyone was saying he wasn't good enough for Madrid. Every single year he was supposedly going to get pushed out of Madrid. And I was so excited about those. I was like, oh, my God, please give us Benzema. <laughs> right? Please give us Benzema. Luckily, somebody at the top for Madrid was smart enough to not let him go. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's what a player he's been for them. Yeah, he's 35, and he has, he's showing no signs of slowing down. No, he's pulling a Lewandowski. If you follow our stories, you probably saw that uh, Romelu Lukaku was sent off this week for – saluting and responding and mocking some racist fans in Turin. Yeah. It's not much of a headline, but I saw that Juve was handed a one-match stadium closure, so they'll be playing behind closed doors their next home game. It's probably not enough, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, at least they did something. Um, but, yeah, it is – it's just disgusting Fucking how – Italy, man. How – yeah, I mean, Italy of all the countries, <laughs> European countries in football, 
Yeah, it come just on, never Italy. stops. I'm planning to retire in you, Italy. You got to straighten out the fascism bit before I get there. Yeah, get the get it figured out already. How do you guys care about this anymore? You just have amazing pasta, beautiful women. Yeah, beautiful weather, beautiful everything. Be like Why Spain, do you guys bro. care? Just be more chill. Why you got to be so racist? Doesn't make any sense. I honestly, to this day, still never understand when I see a uh, player, like a black player, choose to go to the italian league to play yeah obviously that's not for us to tell them how to live their lives but it's a thought that occurs like i you know i don't understand it granted sadly there's racism in every league and that's that's what they would say you know like um a lot you know i lived in texas for a while but traveled through the deep south for my job when i was down there and you know a lot of like the black people in the south when i express that like man it's kind of like rough living down here especially in mississippi and so yeah and that's what they would say is like man they're just as racist up north. They just hide it differently. It's true. You know? And coming to Michigan here, I can't really argue with that. It's like Midwest nice, man. Yeah, exactly. So it's easy for us to simplify that conversation when we see a black man um, going to Italy, but yeah, obviously yeah. on the ground, it's a different experience. Yeah, obviously it's, yeah. And I'm sure most of their their lives in Italy are lovely. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I still <laughs> probably understand living in Italy over England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And yeah, English aren't much better. Again, hide it probably a little better, but... Oh, dude, England is so xenophobic, it's crazy. They're so xenophobic that xenophobic headlines and captions still routinely make it into their media and don't get commented on at all. Yeah, Yeah, it's a normal thing for them. Yeah, their coverage is so slanted, it's wild. Yeah, it is, it is. Um, It's funny because I go to BBC for so so much American news, Mm -hmm. but then it's like the English side of the news. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I trust it. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Bruce, you be quiet. Bruce, you talking. You got something to say, Bruce, about this? Um, While we're talking shit about England, let's talk about Newcastle and Saudi Arabia for a second. Yeah, go into it. We wanted to keep this mini episode pretty light, so I don't want to beat up on this too much, but The Athletic just dropped a bombshell, and I have to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So they just revealed, I think, roughly 60 pages of emails back and forth between the UK government and Saudi Arabia, which revealed two years before the Newcastle takeover, the Saudi government committed $30 billion in British investment. And when that takeover faced review a couple of years later, those Saudis effectively held the UK hostage. They weren't of severe financial consequences for the government if the takeover didn't happen. Yeah, Especially because it goes beyond football even. Right. Like this is governments talking together. Not not even like this didn't even involve Newcastle's hierarchy. Right. I think there was an email specifically from Boris Johnson warning of the fallout of the failure of that takeover, which is just disgusting because now the Premier League just introduced a recent addition to their, I guess, requirements to be a fit and proper person to own a Premier League team. They just added that you can't have any human rights abuses on your record. I love how that was just added. Right. Like a last, oh, we should probably add that too. Exactly. And now... Saudi Arabia's human rights abuses are extremely well documented. Yeah. And so now when the government is asked questions about that review for their fitness of ownership, the UK government is now saying it's the Premier League's issue. It's not a government. We weren't involved in, in the course, in the takeover. Of course, they're when passing this, it down. It, uh, now we're seeing, of course, they were very much involved in the takeover. They were afraid they of losing the $30 billion from from the Saudi, Saudi government. Yeah. Yeah. So this Newcastle ownership is at this point I think just as clearly bogus as the Qatar World Cup was. 
The corruption yep. for that World Cup was right out in the open, and no one did shit about it for 12 years. Yeah. And then we're seeing the same thing with this Newcastle ownership situation now. Highly doubt anything will be done about it. No. $30 billion. What did they They forced Rovan, Roman Abramovich to sell his club over the, the war in Russia and Ukraine. Right. Why are we not doing the same to stand to Saudi Arabian government who owns and again it because it's because the British government has a good relationship with Saudi Arabia and makes a lot of money with them. Yep. They probably don't have as good a relationship with Russia anymore so they were able to burn that bridge. Yep. It's a it, there's a good weekend of football coming up. Let's just think about that and enjoy that. Yeah, cuz we got we have we do have one of the most epic endings to a season we're ever going to see. So it's true. This is going to be such an awesome season. Yeah. Even though Liverpool are shit. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. At least you have that to look forward to. Like, you at least have some excitement at both ends of the table. What else do you want to talk about? Yeah. Just, I'm, like, I'm excited for Sunday. I'm nervous for Sunday, but excited. You mean Easter? Yeah. Easter Sunday. I don't know if the bunny's <laughs> going to show up or not. Leopold, is the bunny going to show up? Are you afraid that Liverpool are going to rise from the dead on Easter? Yeah. I am afraid. Of, yeah. I am. And Klopp's, Klopp's playing mind games now. He's rusting random players. Dude, Liverpool about to roll back the stone. He's What is he doing? What is he doing over there? They're going to utter the great line from Jesus. If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. <laughs> I think it was Jesus that said that. Yeah, it sounds like a Jesus quote, I think. <laughs> I think those player rests were literal. I mean, Trent and Mo were out on form. Virgil yep. was out sick. Yeah. I don't think you have to worry that they were being rested for some kind of onslaught this weekend <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yeah i mean i it's just i think every game is going to make me have some kind of nervous suspicion about it from now until the end of the season right until we're clearly locked in for a title yeah you're only going to get more and more nervous until it's <laughs> until it's mathematically certain yeah yeah which is i guess you know i guess this is why we do it right <laughs> for the pure anxiety and stress, even though right now it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel fun. One last um, bit of good news for you for the match this weekend. Uh-oh, what's happening? Tiago's back in full training. God damn it. <laughs> we might have one You might have midfielder. an actual midfielder in your team? Yes, exactly. And you tell me Ox isn't going to start against us? Oh, boy, he still might. <laughs> we got one. Mid- I said we have one midfielder. Back. Yeah, it's true. You have one. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Jordan Henderson. Let's yep. go. Let's call it. Thanks, y'all. Everybody, thanks for listening. Be sure to go to your podcast app and like, leave us a review, follow us, leave us a five-star review, not a bad one. Yeah, don't hate on us. And that'll help. Otherwise, have a good weekend, and we'll see you probably on Monday again, I think. Yeah, on Monday again. Yeah. I think we're going to be back to seemingly a normal schedule now, which is good. Yes. Cool. Thanks, y'all. Take it easy. Enjoy the football.
soccer, soccer, soccer situation. situation. 